Welcome to the Global Spark, a podcast for LGBTI plus youth who want to become more aware of advocacy strategies and initiate projects within their own communities to create LGBTI plus freedom. Hello, I am Jorge. I use the pronouns he or they. I am originally from Mexico City and currently a grad student at NYU, so I am living in New York City. And I am also the director of research at the Global Center. And here is also my co-host, Kai. How are you today, Kai? Thank you, Jorge. I am great. My name is Kai. My pronouns are they, them. And I am a co-founder and COO of the Global Center. And I'm calling in today from San Diego. So glad to be here with you today, Jorge. So this is our third episode in the Global Spark, and we've been speaking a lot about the LGBTI community and some differentiated challenges that we are facing. And today we wanted to use the International Day of Awareness of HIV to visualize the need to increase sexual health rights and services at all levels. For that, we wanted to give voice to one of the countries and regions that has been heavily impacted by this hidden pandemic that is considerably tent mainly among developing countries. Uh, and that is why we invited Robbie to this space. So uh, he's an activist from Nigeria in Africa and also collaborating at the Global Center. So thank you, Robbie, for accepting the invitation. Welcome. Thank you, my pleasure. But first, we're gonna read the Global Queer News, which is an initiative of our media unit where we gather top queer news and stories from around the world for your knowledge and action. This week was defined by defiance as LGBTI people proudly stood for love and rights. Switzerland announced that it will allow equal marriage from July 2022 onward. Great news. Also, I don't know if you saw this, but a Formula One racing star Louis Hamilton wore an LGBT pride helmet at the Qatar Grand Prix, which is a great strategy to visualize our community. It is awesome. And Antarctica celebrated its biggest polar pride ever. In other news, the Constitutional Court of Thailand upheld the ban on same-sex marriage. The French dictionary sparked debates with the non-binary "-iol", pronoun, which is spelled I-E-L. And a Russian advocacy group named LGBT Set vowed to continue demanding their rights despite the government pressure. In the face of adversity, LGBTI people continue to stand up for our right to exist fully and authentically. If you're interested in receiving more information about this news, please visit our website and choose the section of the Global Queer News. Thank you, Jorge, for that update on the Global Queer News. And to turn back to our topic today, today we are honoring World AIDS Day, and to join Jorge and myself in this conversation, we have invited Robson Awai. Robson is a 30-year-old Nigerian genderqueer person who has a vast experience working with the LGBT community over time. They have a deep passion for the LGBT community in Nigeria because it has been ostracized, marginalized, segregated, and stigmatized erroneously over time, which makes LGBTQI plus people prone to danger and victimization. They have a dog desire and a passion to put their community in a state where they get the right information needed to keep them away from all impending danger, assault, and attack. 
They have officially launched a closeted social media platform known as the Rainbow Lounge, where they share specific LGBT information to help mitigate the incidences of set up jungle justice and unlawful and unjust attacks meted on the LGBTQI community members in Nigeria that is being fueled by the Same-Sex Marriage Prohibition Act bill in Nigeria and the state and country of their residents. They constantly update the LGBT community in Nigeria with the useful adulterated knowledge they need to boost their morale and prevent them from suicidal thoughts and tendencies that as a result of the toxicity they face from the mainstream society in Nigeria. Their work spans across sexual reproductive health and rights and activism. They are a role model to their community in Nigeria, and they are a part of the committee challenging the Herculean bill in Nigeria at the national level. They are a role models to other community members as they voluntarily devote their time to give them the mental health and psychosocial services needed to stay away from depression. They are a program manager of a community-led LGBT organization called an initiative for improved health in Nigeria and a recipient of many stewardship awards from both the local and national levels. Thank you so much, Robbie, for joining us today. My pleasure, Kai. Good to have you. Our first question for you is, tell us a little bit more about you, your life and your activism. What are you focusing on when you are visualizing the importance of HIV prevention and awareness? Okay, thank you so much. I, I think on my bio, a lot has been said about me, but I still have to say some few things about myself. I'm a Nigerian queer guy living in a very hostile um, country. Hostile in the sense that um, the country has a lot of... Um, a lot of measures that have been put in place to criminalize um, gay people, gay persons, and the LGBT community at last since um, the enactment of the same-sex prohibition bill in Nigeria. And because of all of these um, things that are being filled by our country, I began to develop an unadulterated passion for the LGBT community. So I have been um, working for the community for well over a decade now. I, I started out as a peer educator where, you know, I gather community members, people who share some, some, um, some feelings, some orientation with me. I gather them around to give them the basic information that needs to stay safe as a community member. And over time, I have grown in the community activism. You know, by the grace of God, I'm currently I'm the program manager of an LGBT-led organization in Kosovo State, Nigeria, where we, you know, give community members are other wraparound care of services that they need to live in a hostile um, society. Basically, an average LGBT person living in Nigeria is depressed, actually. It's very depressed because 
we are being treated um, unequally from the mainstream society. And as a result of this bad treatment that we get from the mainstream society, it makes a lot of community members to be um, downtrodden, to be demoralized and downcasted. And because of all of these um, challenges that community members face, I have been able to you know, volunteer in giving community members the needed support, the need to, to, to live healthily, thereby not, not having some societal thoughts and, and tendencies. So we offer free mental health and psychosocial support services to community members. And aside from that, you know, globally, there is a high, a high incidence of um, HIV and AIDS amongst gay men. You know, so basically what I do is to sensitize um, gay people specifically about um, the dangers involved in having unprotected sexual intercourse. So we try to run, run, run an adulterated, unadulterated education messages to community members for them to stay healthy thereby knowing their um, HIV status and then taking frantic decision to live healthy as a positive person. So we've actually done, I've actually done a whole lot of job for the community in recent times. And I'm, I'm happy to say that it has actually yielded a lot of fruits in, in, our, in our country. Though it has not been easy, but we're trying as much as possible to make sure that the community is well represented from where I am. Thank you very much. Thanks for sharing, Robbie. Um, and if we take that as a starting point, I would like to know more about, um, yeah, like the information or the tools that you have been providing to many groups, no? LGBT uh, populations, but also I believe that you've been working with institutions, I don't know. Uh, but so given the lack of stigma-free information and services available in this topic, and especially in Nigeria, then what would be your recommendations for, for example, a person that has just been diagnosed with HIV? No? or for someone that is simply looking for guidance to know how to deal with this topic? Okay, um, we try as much as possible to, to let um, community members who are diagnosed with HIV and AIDS to, to be aware of the fact that HIV is actually not a death sentence. You know, it's a progression of HIV to AIDS that is actually very, very disastrous. So what we do is whenever we have interface with community members who based on their risk stratification assessments, decide to uptake HIV um, counseling and testing services from our facility and realize that such a community member is diagnosed of HIV, what we do is we try as much as possible to give um, that community member the counseling he, he needs to, you know, uptake medical um, care and treatment so they can actually alter 
the progression of the HIV virus in your system. So what, what we basically do is to tell community members to uptake um, ARLT treatments so they can actually live healthily for as long as they wish to live healthily. So what we do is to, you know, constantly tell community members who are diagnosed of HIV to uptake immediate ARLT services for them to live healthily for as long as they wish to. So that's basically what we would do. Thank you, Ravi. Um, and we know that there's still a lot of fear and stigma around um, contracting HIV. And like you mentioned earlier, we have to underline that it's no longer a death sentence. And, and many people out there just don't realize that or understand that. Um, but for especially for young cis queer men, they face a lot of discrimination, right? Um, if they are HIV positive. Can you talk about some of the most common challenges and barriers with that intersection between being young, being part of the LGBTI community and being HIV positive? Okay, in, in a country such as us, being a queer person is actually a criminal offense. As a matter of fact, it's a criminal offense. So now being a queer person and then being HIV positive is, um, is a double stigma for the LGBT persons in, in Nigeria. So what we do basically is to give um, any community member who is diagnosed of HIV, um, the mental health and psychosocial support, the need to live um, a healthy life. And then most times, you know, um, there are a lot of young persons who still live um, with their parents. And then, of course, you know, in our constitution, if you're not up to 18 years, you, you're not yet, yet an adult. So most times it becomes relatively um, difficult for us to, you know, um, place community members who are under 18 years on, uh, on treatments without necessarily having to, um, you know, get consent from their parents. Because if we actually um, if we actually do that, and maybe their parents and their guidance gets to find out that we are offering services to um, the common to 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 their to their children, who are actually um, queer. You know, most queer persons in, in Nigeria are living undercover. They may not necessarily have to tell someone that they are queer for for the fear of being discriminated for the fear of being stigmatized, for the fear of being um, ostracized. So most of them live a very closeted life. So they do not let people know about their sexuality. And then it becomes relatively very, very cumbersome that a queer person is also diagnosed with HIV. And then that queer person is under 18 years, you know. But we try to break all of those barriers by first of all seeking their willingness to take whatever services we, we offer to them, we, we are willing to offer to them without necessarily having to contact their parents because we try to let them know that their health is their priority. And for the fact that they have identified with the community and with, the, uh, with an organization that is actually offering services to community that actually they are, they are, they are covered. So there's no need of them you know, freaking out 
to uptake services. We try as much as possible to build their trust, to let them know that we will not eventually get to tell um, their parents about their sexuality, or we, we tell them they're not going to have to get to a point where we shake confidentiality about their, their HIV status. And it has actually worked over time. If we place a lot of queer persons who are under 18 years on ARLT services, and they've been very religious in obtaining of the services, of the services. And what we basically do also is to do a follow-up conversation with them to, you know, remind them of their due date for refill because our ARLT contains 30, 30 drugs, 30 tablets on the ARLT container. So what we do is actually we what we do basically is to, to, to check um, the duration of the drugs that we've administered to, to queer persons who are under 18 years. And then when we know that it's a um, few tablets left for um, the container to be exhausted, we put a follow-up call to them to come and you know, get a refill of their drugs. And we try to let them know that they can be, they can be all they wish to be, even with the fact that they are LGBT persons. So we encourage them to take um, their life seriously by, you know, going, going, you know, going, get, getting an education. And then, of course, you know that an average queer person, an average LGBT person is someone who is very, very multi-talented and gifted. So we try to explore those gifts that they have, you know, in areas of fashion and designing and makeup artistry and all of that. So we identify that, 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 that giftings they have, and then we try to harness them to make them very relevant in the society. So that when they are relevant in this, the society, people will not really want to talk about their sexuality, but they really want to, 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 to pay attention to what they can offer to the society. So we would tell community members that we have interface with, that even if you're HIV positive, it doesn't stop you from achieving whatever you want to achieve. And of course, being a queer person makes you um, unique from every other person. So in order for you to stand out from the mainstream society, it means you have to bring something to the table. So we try to encourage community members to identify those potentials they have and the try, and then we try to give them the support to harness all of those potentials they have so that they'll be relevant in in the society so that people who eventually get to know about their sexuality will not pay attention to their sexuality, but rather they'll pay attention to what they can offer to the society. So that's basically what we do. We give them the support to live healthily. Yeah. Um, wow, thank you, Robbie. Uh, I believe we've had a very meaningful conversation here and that we've been sharing a very firm and strong message, right? Uh, that our bodies are ours and that we as intersecting identity have very particular necessities, uh, which is why we should also be demanding sexual health as a human right. Uh, I, I really liked how you framed it in, we encourage people to take their life seriously no um so yeah i think this it, it this is an important issue sexual health as a human right because we can see education at schools addressing these issues so that we can remove the discrimination barriers that you've mentioned access our rights 
to health services and our right to justice and to live in an equal society. Um, so thank you, Robbie. It was very inspiring to learn from you and thank you uh, to the people that have been listening to this podcast. Um, is there anything else you would like to add, uh, a call to action you would like to uh, share? Okay, I, I don't know. Um, what I feel um, I need as a support from the Global Center is yes, I know this is an organization that is trying to globalize the quake, the LGBT community. I think um, an average LGBT person needs, um, needs support irrespective of where he, he, or she, he or she is coming from. But most of the support becomes very, very difficult to be given when you know, the country where you find yourself does not accept the LGBT person. So we've actually tried on our own path to break, break all of those, um, break all of those barriers and challenges, you know, that um, the, the government of our country has actually um, put as an impediment for community members to obtain the basic services they need, you know. But it, it looks like it's not, it's not productive as, as it were, because you know, a lot of things are happening. When community members are being victimized and then we try to you know, get a legal representation or litigation, it's, it's always seen as a truncated effort because our, our, our constitution does not permit LGBT persons to you know, have that, um, that sense of belonging. So what I'm actually, what I'm actually um, requesting for is an international collaboration and international support for us to repeal this Herculean um, bill and you know, criminalization of the, the LGBTQI persons in Nigeria. So we need um, that international support for our government to be challenged in such a way that they will know that um, every human being has a fundamental human right to live his life the way he or she wants to live in as much as that person is not causing public nuisance, you know? So like I rightly said, with my interaction with the LGBT persons over time, I realized that an average LGBT person is actually very, very innovative, very creative, very talented, and very gifted. So what I'm trying to say in essence is that we should not judge people based on their sexuality, based on their personal, but we should judge people based on their personality and based on what they can actually offer our, um, our society. So that's my submission that we need a support, an international support for us to be able to live um, healthily with the mainstream society without being ostracized, without being discriminated and without being um, stigmatized in our country. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you very much. Uh, Again, yeah, what I would like to highlight is your, your your sentence on on 
how we as LGBT young people have a lot to offer because we do and institutions should acknowledge that and should support our activities. So, so yeah, thank you for that, Robbie. Thank you. And Ravi, at the Global Center, you know, we collaborate with you. You're you're a part of the Global Center, but if there are ways that we can bring light to what is going on in Nigeria, we are here. Let us know how we can best support you. All right. Thank you so much, Kai. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you to all the people that have been listening to this podcast. Thank you, Ravi, so much for joining us today. This will be our last podcast of 2021, but we'll be back here again in January of 2022 to continue with these conversations. Thank you so much and have a happy holidays, everyone. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, Judge. Thank you, Kai. Thank you for listening. See you in the next episode. In the meantime, please visit our website and social media to keep up to date about us and to join our activities. www.theglobal-center.org Find us on Facebook at We Are The Global Center, on Instagram at The Global Center, and on Twitter at Global Center Ed.